great to be in service this morning. I trust you are well. God has been so amazing. God is fighting for you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word this morning? Greetings to every single one of you. I am telling you, I tell you, we're starting to feel the last six weeks have been rough. And you can just sense as this word of rest has come in, can you see that you're actually smiling more? Some of your husbands need to just say thank you to Pastor Max because your wives are smiling more at you. She's not so anxious anymore. It's because of the word. Because anytime you preach the word, he sent his word to heal us. So when God drops his word, that the, very, the essence of the word goes and brings everything that that word has promised and makes it manifest in your life. And so that's the reason why when you speak about rest, it brings people into a place of rest. I'm telling you, some of you don't need a holiday. You need the word. And that's before you go on holiday. Glory be to God. To this morning, uh, the shepherd of my soul. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the anointing upon your sons and daughters. Bless our time together this morning. Father, I know that there's a spirit of clear understanding in this place that's going to heal and deliver your people. Bless us today in Jesus' name. And we all agree and say amen and amen. The title of my sermon this morning is The Shepherd of My Soul. The Shepherd of My Soul. I feel this morning by the Spirit of God that such an understanding is going to come this morning that it's, gonna, it's like all of your life's going to begin to click. All of the church, the word, why the word, why God, why worship, why, the, why church, why. I feel like it's just going to click this morning. Can you get into agreement with this morning? Say yes and amen. Do it by faith. Glory be to God. The shepherd of my soul. We are in a series called Rest. And in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, we have a graph or a little um, a picture for you to see this. It's important that we just create an entry for where we can go in as a foundational scripture. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is not going to put anything heavy on you. Somebody say amen. And so what we're finding out are two things is as you look at that, we've been speaking about this. When you come to Jesus for the first time, he gives you rest. He makes you the righteousness of God, and the rest is for your spirit. So you never, ever have to be concerned about the fact that, um, is God okay with me, or is there an open heaven? You have an open heaven because of Jesus Christ and the blood. I thought you'd get happy for that. So there is rest for your spirit. But what we've been focusing on is rest for your soul. And I want to show you this morning the importance of your soul really finding rest in God's Word. And so they said, it's someone put out this here, so the day they invented the mirror, man lost contact with his soul. And of course, when selfies came, it just went on steroids. Because the focus is so much on the body of the man and how he looks and the selfie and the filters and all that we do because this is what we present to the world. 
But deep down inside of the soul of an individual, people don't have any filters. Because sometimes you'll find a beautiful woman putting out a beautiful picture, but when she types out something, you find she's troubled in her soul. Because there's no filter for the soul unless you come to the Word of God. So this is powerful this morning. So there's a rest that is received because it's given. There's a rest that's accessed because it's found. You must find it. You must go and get into the Word so you can find it. So we went through all of that. So let's understand. I'm going to get into some things this morning. In Judges chapter 16 verse 4. This is going to get really good this morning, but take some copious notes because it's going, to be, it's going to be sumptuous. To every single one of my family online, God bless you. And to those of the new ones that are coming online, please like, share, subscribe. Welcome to the family. We're building some things online. We've had some great meetings this week. We're doing some things next year that's going to connect us as a community across the globe. And we are going to, uh, we're busy building some systems that are going to train you through training systems, and integrate you into the ministry across the globe. doesn't matter where you are. And so you're going to form part of this family. That's exciting news for everybody. Can you clap your hands? We're building some things. We're building some things. We're building some things. And the key strategy, the, the word for next year, the word is as one. We're going to function as one. God's got a word for us. And so we're going to integrate. We're going to train. We're going to develop people. It's going to be really awesome. So Please know that we are working behind the scenes to make sure that our global community comes and builds together with us. And so I can help mentor you, be your father, be your spiritual father, and help you through your life. After it happened, so we are in the book of Judges. It is uh, the final judge. His name is Samson. And we're speaking about him and his lifestyle. So God does something really amazing with this man. Um, he, God raises him up and puts a tremendous strength upon him. And anybody, everybody that sees him, because of the anointing, he's, he's turned into another man. He's, another, he's got an anointing upon his life, but he can do extraordinary things. I mean, he, he picks up the jawbone of an ox and he just, I mean, he chops them. He doesn't even, you know, by himself, just deals with the enemy. And the enemy is mad at him because they don't know how to actually deal with this boy. But he is tremendous in his exploits. And the anointing of God upon him from birth, his mother, he was told uh, the Nazarite law was, was placed upon Samson. It was, it, was, it was no wine and don't cut his hair. No wine should pass his lips and don't cut his hair. The Nazarite, uh, uh, Nazarite law was placed upon him. And so this boy rises up and as long as he's sticking with God, he then becomes and he's, he's doing exploits. And so in Judges chapter 4, 14, 16, verse 4. Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, entice him. So when we're dealing with the soul of a man, what are we dealing with? Your soul is your whole life. Your spirit issue is settled. The Bible even speaks about that you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The soul of a man is where his life resides, his desires. It's all that makes you the person that you are. Everything you've studied, every experience that you've had with a man, with a woman, every 
bit of damage, any encounter you had somewhere, it's lodged within your soul. It's all of your life, your history lessons, your upbringing, the hiding your father gave you or never gave you, the rebuke you received or just the no discipline you received, whatever it was, whatever education system you got, whatever you got involved in, it's lodged in your soul. And if somebody told you that you were ugly, you struggled with that your whole life. They tell you you got big toes, you're trying to use an angle grinder your whole life to fix the McWeppers, right? So yeah, it's like, it's this issue inside of you. You can tell somebody that, you know, your nose is big. And that person was just having a bad day. You struggling your whole life to fix your nose. Teacher said something about you. That you're never going to amount to anything. It's lodged in your soul. Everything about you. There's certain songs that when a song plays that I begin to weep over certain things because it opens up a part of my soul because I've had that experience and that song was attached to that encounter at that time and I begin to weep. So if you do not go and heal your soul, if you don't understand the shepherd of your soul, you can get yourself into all kinds of trouble. And especially if you've been through a divorce or a relationship it was, that was tormented, or that was really a broken place, you're going to have to come to Jesus Christ because he's the lover of your soul and he must become the shepherd of your soul. Now have a look at this man. This boy has got, um, when you're dealing with your soul, now listen to some of the things, all that makes you the person that you are, it's the seat of your memory. Everything about your life. So when you speak about somebody dying and their soul remaining here, that's not true. Because how would you remember anybody in heaven? How would you remember who your parents are? So you, you then, when you die, your, your spirit gives you the access to God who's spirit. But everything about what you've done, every seed you've sown, every lie, every, uh, all the truth you spoke. All the love that you gave, all the seed that you sown, it's, it, there's a memory bank for it. There's a place for it. And you will remember your dog even that died. Because it's the seed of your memory, your feelings, your imaginations, your convictions, your desires and affections. It's really important to understand that. Because here comes this man who is great in spirit. He's, he's God's man and he's doing damage to the enemy's camp. But there's something in Samson's soul that is a problem. Because he has a desire for women. So your soul includes your mind, your will, and your emotions. So your thinker is there. Your understanding is here. That's why you sit down under the word. Because when you get understanding, this connection to the spiritual realm changes your whole life completely. Your will, your choices, your decisions, your emotions, your feelings. All of these things must come into a place of rest. You must find rest for your soul. If you don't find rest here, you're going to become restless in the world. So let's get into Samson. And so this boy has got a desire for girls. And he doesn't kill this desire. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him. Work on his emotions. 
He likes you. Go and mess with his mind. Go and mess with his soul. Go and, 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 and do a dance for him. And find out where his great strength lies. Find out where this anointing is. And by what means we may overpower him. Please hear me. The enemy, what, is, what this is here, what he's showing you is that the enemy's got no answer for the anointing. If he could, if he had any power, he would suppress you. But he's got no answer for the anointing. So he's got to come to the soulish realm, find a desire inside of you, and pull you in a direction so you can lose the anointing. He says, entice him and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. You're playing with the devil. He's only got one intention. His CV says it's to kill, to steal, and to destroy, and he's doing a brilliant job. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound, what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, yet not dried, then I shall become weak and I'll be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up her to a, a seven fresh bowstrings not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now the men were lying in wait, staying with her in a room, and she said to him, the Philistines are upon you. Look what Samson was looking for. Samson was looking for rest. But he put his head in the lap of the wrong people. I want to know who you're connected to. Where do you go to for your rest? Where do you turn to when you are weary and you are tired? Who's the one that calls you into a place? Now men were lying in wait and staying with her in the room, and she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a, as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, look, you've mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me, where, tell me what you may be bound with. He said to her, bind me securely with new ropes. And I'll be like any other man. Next verse. Therefore Delilah took new ropes, bound him, uh, with, and said to them, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room. Staying in the room. In your room. What's the enemy trying to do in your private space? But he broke them off from his arms like a thread. Delilah said to Samson, Until now you've mocked me and you've told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head, if you buy a weave, I'm kidding. Next verse. So she wove it tightly with the, the, the baton of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he woke from his sleep. Look at the enemy and rest. He hates the fact that you're finding rest. He'll torment you every single day because he doesn't want you to find rest. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the baton and the web from the loom. She said to him, how can you say I love you? Oh, listen to Delilah, you wicked spirit. When your heart is not with me, you've mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass, read with me. 
when she did what? Come on, read. She pestered him daily with words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. He's putting you under pressure on your soul until you quit because he knows he can do nothing about who you are in the spirit. It's got, it's found rest in Christ. It was given, the rest was given. Now this thing that you have, that you must find rest and you must find it in his word and you must find it with his people. If you don't do that, the enemy will pester you, he'll vex you and he'll mess with your soul. That's why the weapons we fight with are not carnal, but mighty through God to the overthrow of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to bring to the obedience of Christ. I want to know who you hang out with that keeps on going and messes with you. You think that they just, you know, I, at least I got all these friends on Facebook. Listen, there's a reason why it's not because you're not better than anybody. Why we don't go everywhere and hang out with anybody? Because you're putting a guard on your eyes, a guard on your ears, a guard on your mouth. Why? To guard your heart against with all diligence. You're not better than anybody. You're just protecting the anointing. Because without the anointing, what are you going to do? The reason why we stay in the Word, the reason why we go to church, the reason why we get into His presence, because all of this is where my soul feels God, where His presence and thoughts and impressions of the Spirit comes and touches me in the morning. It's what God says about you. What are you doing when you do that? You're finding rest. That's why you go to church. That's why you get up in the morning. That's why you break from the fear. Because if you think that you can get away with it and say, well, I'll just walk in my fear, that fear is just growing in your room because the enemy will vex you until you've got no more anointing and you feel that, well, God doesn't care about us. No, you didn't go finding rest. Don't blame God. He told her all in his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and become like any other man. That's what the enemy wants you to be like. Yet you were born to win. Yet you're an overcomer. Yet your business should flourish. Yet your marriage should be going to the top. Yet your health should be better than anybody else. Yet people should be coming to sit at your feet and ask what God is doing. You should not be like any ordinary man. You should, the anointing separates you. The blessing distinguishes you. It separates you from the world because you are not like anybody else. I need somebody in this house to stand to their feet and shout a good amen. Don't you let the enemy make you. I know that we are, we, we are nothing without the anointing. I know that I can do. I can do all things through Christ. Through the anointing. And the enemy's got no answer for the anointing. And while you're playing with the world, he's stripping you and cutting your hair. Look at the outcome. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, you casting pearls before swine. You spend time in the presence of God. You hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. This is what you're doing with your time. Because my soul is here. And so when I go and spend time in the presence of God, I'm allowing my spirit to receive what the Spirit of God has got for me. 
Now, vision, ideas, where to go, what to build, what's 2021 like. I don't get that from the world. You get that from the Spirit. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep. Where are you resting, man, man of God? Whose lap do you run to for rest? And ladies, hear me, please. One guy, one son in the house, you said, men don't leave home for better. They leave home for rest. You look at you say, this guy was married to this beautiful girl. How is he sitting with this ugly woman? She gives him rest. She massages his toes. I'm just saying. No, 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 I'm not, no don't, don't use this as an excuse for your divorce. Your lust is a problem. Because you're finding Delilah. And she'll bring you and mess with your life. I'm just saying for both couples, men, deal with the issues. Woman, give your husband's rest. And the church said, she allowed him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him. You think that the enemy, there's never rest for you. When you start to play with the enemy, he's going to torment you. And his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke from his sleep and said, I'll go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. That's a sad state. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. What's the, what's, what's the eyes for? It's not just vision. It's for revelation. You can't hear God anymore. You can't see what God is saying. Your relationship with God is in a mess. I'll tell you why. You were laying with Delilah. Spirits that will torment you. Because you've not found rest in God's word. You go to the world every single time. And that's the mess that your life is in. Now I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the one behind you, right? Brought him down to Gaza. This is when the enemy, what he, this is what he's after. Because if you can't see anything, you can't go anywhere. You can't possess anything. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. Please hear me why people that are actually born again are grinding out in the world. Tormented by the world. They were supposed to be living with revelation. Not trying to sleep with everybody so you can get a job. Not beg with people. Now you have to smoke what they're smoking. Now you have to go and drink what they're drinking. Because you've, instead of walking with discernment, you're leaning upon man and not upon God. Let's understand something. It is very clear here. And once you see this in Matthew chapter 16 verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. He's the shepherd of your soul. Now listen to what I'm saying. He says, 
and take up his cross and follow me. That's the shepherd. Follow me. Not you make a plan and say, God, now come and bless it. Then Jesus said, um, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. I'm just doing this because I can be safe. I'm going to share one or two testimonies from my life that I went and I took care of me. And how I lost. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? The, the fight, church, hear me today. It's not for your spirit anymore. People must get saved. And we are dealing with that. When, that's perfect for heaven. But while you're walking on the earth, you can actually lose your soul. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Listen to the words. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Every day as we interact with the world, an exchange is taking place. You hop onto social media, an exchange is taking place. Where's the exchange? The exchange is in your soul. When you are connected to somebody, when you are getting involved in, in, in any um, relationship or, or, or reading something or giving your time to go to university or whatever that is, there's an exchange taking place. You might be sitting with ignorance and the exchange is that when I hang out with this person, I get some information that helps me in my soul. Now, if you don't understand that, you wonder your whole life why, you know, you just allow anybody into your life and the enemy gives you a lot of junk and, and, and you're feeding on anybody's words and amening on everything that is there, but you're not concerned about how it's affecting my soul because there's an exchange taking place. The reason why you get to take the time to get into the presence of God is because there's an exchange taking place. When you get involved in the world, there's an exchange taking place. Who are your friends? Who, who are you connected to? Who are you speaking to? What are you watching? Because it's affecting your soul. It's affecting your soul. So, you can understand that when you are hanging out with the wrong people, there's an exchange taking place. They're bad ideas. Let's take an example of somebody that's been divorced that speaks about all men are trash. You hang around long enough, you're going to turn around and say, all men are trash. Whoever you hang out with long enough, the exchange takes place. It gets a little worse when you actually sleep with somebody. I'll share that with you, what it does to your soul. Now, it's going to get good in a, in a bit. Just go with me. Because you can take your whole life, and if you focus on what's going on in your soul, and get off the selfie mode and spend time of reading and connecting with the right people. The reason why you are in service this morning and why you're watching online, there's an exchange taking place. Because I can give your money back, but I can't give your time back. 
Because in my time here, I've got to make sure that you get the right word put in your soul because Jesus has got to be the shepherd of your soul. Now, this is important. So, Luke chapter 11 verse 1. It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray. What was he saying? He's saying, now listen, the scripture says you've got to learn from me. He says, come and learn from me so you can find it. So the way he finds it, they're looking at Jesus and they're watching Jesus operating in the spirit and he's finding rest wherever he goes. So he says, but now we're seeing that there's a source of your power because you're functioning out like no one else. And they said, now then teach us what you're doing. Teach us to pray. So the exchange with Jesus upgraded their lives. Do people's lives feel upgraded when they leave your presence? I'm just asking. Luke chapter 5 verse 16. Here's, here's what you have to learn. So prayer, you've got to learn how to pray. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Because this was his source of strength. And what the enemy is trying to do is cut you off from the source. Because your soul, when you are praying, you know, somebody just said, and, and they're always saying that pastors is a firehouse when it comes to prayer. Anybody in agreement? She was a Muslim girl. She had no scripture. She wasn't saved. She didn't know anything. She didn't know how to pray. What did she do for the last, how, how, I don't know, are we 22 years saved, 23 years saved? What has she been doing for the last 23 years? She's spending time in the presence of God and in the Word of God. There's an exchange that took place every single day. Because there's an exchange that must take place in your life. Where are you spending your time? Now you're asking, where does this power come from? Oh, wow, she's a firewoman in praying. That comes out of 23 years of staying in the presence of God and His Word and praying over and over. Come on, we need somebody to shout, yes, Lord. It didn't just happen. An exchange took place. An exchange takes place when you get up in the morning and go to church. I am telling you now, staying at home is not a good thing. I am telling you, not connecting even online and sitting quietly in your corner. You must watch what the enemy is doing for some of the people. This message is for you this morning. Don't believe that it's for someone else. God's dealing with the fact that you're sitting in a corner with Delilah, and this is not a man and a woman thing. Woman, you are in trouble yourself by the things that you're sitting by yourself, doing your own thing, thinking you can make it by yourself. The devil is a liar. Jesus is the shepherd of your soul, and it's time for you to break loose from the lies and the vexing of your soul. I need this church to shout and say yes. Now watch. Proverbs 11.30. I'm watching how the, how the church has, has really misused this word. Read with me. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Read and... Are you, uh, I can't hear you with your mask on. Seriously, this is really a... And he... You who wrote that? Solomon wrote that. Could people be saved when Solomon was alive? Nobody could get born again. What was Solomon saying? When we say how many souls got saved, it's the wrong information we're giving people. 
The question is, how many people got born again? Watch now. Because being born again and winning souls is different. Born again, Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. You must be born again so you can see the kingdom. That is rest for your spirit. For you to win a soul. This is what I do every day. When I teach, when I take the time to go through the word, when I give you understanding, he who wins a soul, I am getting you off from the world system and I'm getting to look at the kingdom of God and every day we're winning souls. That's why the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Because everything, and he says, this is what we're doing. What is repentance? Every day I hear a word. And I hear a word on Wednesday that actually the gifts don't operate outside of love. And I say, oh, oh on that day I didn't walk in love. Father, I repent of that. Teach me how to walk in love. I just am being transformed. That's the winning of souls. The day you are no longer dependent upon the world system and you can function out of the kingdom system, then my job is done because I've been winning souls. It's about being, getting off a world system and functioning of the kingdom system. That it takes wisdom to do that. Taking time online to listen and to understand this because anybody who can understand breaks somebody from a system that they depended upon their whole lives. For them now to lean upon God and not upon their own understanding. He who wins souls is wise. Now watch. I want to get into the fact that Jesus is the shepherd of your soul. This is, that is foundational. So let's preach this morning. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Please type this out this morning. Write it out, write it out, write it out. It's something that I did not know for many years. This morning is going to make sense. God alone is sovereign. He is God all by himself. He doesn't need you to prop him up. He, he doesn't need any support. He doesn't need any, he, he doesn't need your food. He doesn't need your offering. You need you give an offering. Not for you, not for him, for you. God is God all by himself. He is sovereign. He stands by himself. The fullness of it we will know one day. In the Garden of Eden, God makes his man. And the woman, and he gives him an instruction. God is sovereign. Man needs an overlord. That means somebody to speak, to, to direct, to help them in their walk. That's God's design. The serpent who is cunning walks into the Garden of Eden, and this is his conversation. Listen to the conversation. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, 
God has said, you shall not eat, eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Woman, don't lie. God didn't say you can't touch it. Don't always add your extra words. Just saying. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Listen to the conversation. God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be sovereign. You will never need somebody else to give you input. You will never need anybody else to put you under, to, to, to get someone else's instruction. You will never need an overlord again. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. So she sees that it's good for food, and she eats it. Now listen to this. There are only two federal heads in the earth. Satan himself, the kingdom of darkness, and God himself, the kingdom of light. Everybody in this world is going to require an overlord. He says, if you eat of that tree, you're going to then be like God, not needing any input from anybody, taking care of yourself. Imagine that. She's getting information from another system to feed her mind, to tell her that God, she's actually missing out on something. Because in the earth, you're either getting your information from God, your good shepherd, or you're getting it from the devil. You don't have something called an original thought. Do you know that? I like how people say, no, you know, Satan will push him and say, tell them that you're your own man. I, I, me, me, I got my own thoughts. You lie. You were trained by systems. You were brought through an education system. You get your thoughts somewhere. You don't have something called an independent thought. It's not true. It's not possible. The whole system is designed that way. So anytime you come into the kingdom, man will never be like God to be sovereign. You, will, you and I will never be something what you call independent thinkers. You'll be able to assess different information, sit with an understanding, and find out what is true. Take the word of God. Take what people are saying and sit and assess it. But there is no such thing. If it was, you, we call you God. If you could do that. It is not possible. The title of my sermon this morning is The Shepherd of My Soul. That means my soul needs a shepherd. Even though my spirit needed a savior, my soul needs a shepherd. It needs something to guide me and to lead me. It's deception because you either studied certain books for a long time and then you believed it because your soulish realm took in information, believed that if I Google it long enough or I listen to what Facebook's got to say or CNN's got to say or different politicians got to say, I then go in a certain direction because you can take a soul of a man and you can go and you can vex it or massage it. 
and especially the young ones coming through. You just you just giving them certain stories and 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 you 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 give certain examples and it looks like that person's winning in life. So you use him as a hero and and you use like Lance Armstrong as an example and saying, look how wonderful you can become. You can become a a a cyclist and you can you know you can reach top heights in doing what you're doing. And then you discover all all along the path of that man, he's been lying to everybody. And so your soul can pick up anything, and it can shape you and make you. It can make you. So some people believe that they know everything because they've went, it's, go and check it on Google. You, you, you're drinking the wrong Kool-Aid, honey. Go and watch, I, the documentary this weekend I watched was called um, The Social Dilemma. Go and watch it. They are programming people with certain options and how your mind through social media believes the lies of this world. Please write this down. The Bible lets you know what is true. You want to know what is the truth? You need to go to the Bible. And they're not telling you anything about the Bible. You are made to have an overlord and Satan knows it. So he'll tell you, you know, if you go in this direction, and then he says to you, but on another day, we have to explain how, how Satan works. He doesn't stand and say, I'm Satan, this is God, that's you. He speaks to you in the first person to say that, no, this is how I feel about it. No, I'm angry with you. Let me give you a piece of my mind. Who's speaking? Who's speaking? Your spirit can be saved for heaven, but your soul can be shaped by earthly ideas. That's got nothing to do with the Bible. Nothing to do with God. So, why does it even matter that God identifies as our shepherd? He is your savior for your spirit, but he now must become the shepherd of your soul. Because with your own idea, you're going to mess up. So I've been telling the story about when I got saved, when I, when I wasn't saved, I purchased a house in the south. And it wasn't a great house. We, I renovated it. I put in a pool and a kitchen and I made it really beautiful. And this is my idea of my family and where we should be and what we should do, Right? And so, I went and uh, we, we got, I, I mean, we, I got to a dead end. I, I was close to, I think maybe I purchased the house because of the race course. I could go and gamble every Saturday. <laughs> and my ideas ran out. And I ran out of money and my marriage was over and my children were looking at me as a hopeless father. But I took in an idea that gambling will solve my problem. And I don't need God now, I know that there's no independent thinking because Satan would say that to you. I mean, he gave me different reasons of why I shouldn't be a Christian because they're all weak and they're all broke. And I said, I'll never be broke in my life. And then I discovered that it's not, that's not God's will. It's not, it's, not, it's not money. It's the love of money. That's the issue. And so when you get the right understanding, your soul gets fixed. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go with God. I'm going to do it his way. And I broke from all systems and, 
alcohol and relationships and partying and, 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 and I just, I broke from everything. And so I needed to know God. And then I needed to, I knew that he had a plan for my life. And I started searching it out and finding rest. And the Lord started speaking to me about we moving house. And I told my family, we're going to sell up this house, we're going to move. And when I walked into this house after months of searching, my wife walked down the driveway without even seeing the house properly. She said, this is the house. Because there was a witness, the gift of discernment. She said, this is the house. We walked through the door, didn't matter what the rest of it looked like. Everything else was a bonus after that. And so I speak to the Lord. I said, Lord, I need, to, I, need to, I need to move forward. In my soul, I know how to handle my money. That's why I don't put myself into trouble, blah, blah, blah. I'm safe. I, don't, I, I just know. But I, I, dealing with this new house, I first of all can't afford it. So God goes and does a miracle concerning this house. I'm cutting it just to, to, for the sake of time. And, and with this, I actually own two houses. And so I could afford to do that. So the deposit was paid and we, we're moving to this house, but I'm sitting with this house in the south. So I go before the Lord and I say, what must I do? And the Lord says, I want you to give it back to the banks. I'm like, what? That's irresponsible. Why would we do that? So I'm getting into trouble because I'm trying to service both bonds. Now, I'm not following the shepherd. I am following me. I'm doing my own thing. And so the whole situation arises. I mean, um, the people that were renting the place for a couple of months got wind of the fact that we're giving back the, 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 the house to the banks and the banks were onto it. And so they said they stopped paying rent. So I came and said, guys, you need to pay rent. This is our situation. We're going into this direction. Da, 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 da. The guy says, we're not paying you a cent. We're going to get this house for nothing. I sat that day and I prayed and I asked the Lord, what must I do? The Lord says, I told you to let it go. This man irritated me so much. And my pride. I went and I said, because of what this man was saying, I said, you will never get this house. I'm going to put you out for what you've done. That's not what God told me to do. I went and I found other money. And I paid off what was the arrears, and I saved the house. But I lost my soul. For what if a man gains the whole world? Now listen, God never said I must go and do that. Let me tell you the lesson. For five years, I had both houses. And that house gave me torment every month. They stole kitchen cupboards. New people came in. Didn't pay rent. Back daters. It was every weekend I was tormented. Going to go and look after something that God said let go. Three, four months after we moved into this house and if we had let it go, the arrears with the banks and everything that I wanted would have been paid up in full. But God said let it go. But I, in my pride, not following the good shepherd, held on to this thing and the torment of that thing for five years. Let me tell you the, the, the end of it. On a Sunday after church that, that Sunday, I was so tired of what was happening. Different people in the house and and. I went before the Lord and I said, I now repent before you. And I'm asking you to forgive me for holding on to what you told me let go.
I should have trusted you five years ago because you could have solved the issue in five months. My lack of trust, my soul that wants to walk in pride, that wants to say, I'll have it my way, cost me. I'll never forget it. I called up the, the banks that morning. I got to work at 8 o'clock. And I said, I'm going to go and call the banks this morning. I'm going to say, please, take the, take the house. I'm going to start again. I'll pay you whatever arrears, but I'm done. We have invested a lot of money in this. 8.30 that morning, I'll never forget it. The agent called. He said, Mr. Holland, your house has been sold this weekend. Somebody came in and purchased the house because I went and I submitted to God to go his way. I don't know who you're fighting. I don't know what you are dealing with. I don't know the kind of vexing in your soul because what the enemy wants to do is cut your hair. He wants to cut the anointing where I should have been growing and having peace in my home and building, going to Bible college and studying for my future. I'm holding on to something that God said you must let go of. The enemy is trying to vex your soul. He wants to keep you busy going to people and places and doing things your own way. It is creating a problem in your soul. The reason why you need a shepherd a shepherd represents more than close, a more close and intimate relationship. Whereas a king might do what's best for the majority, a shepherd knows each one of his sheep. He knew how to move me out of debt. He knew how to get me into my destiny. He knew when he told me there was a, a huge, um, I, I maybe should have sued Bill Gates then. I had a, I had a contract with Microsoft. And these people messed up so badly. And I went with, to the lawyers. And I said, this is what these people have done to me. He said, you've got the right to sue them. Hey, Microsoft, let's go and make some money. I walked out to the lawyers. The lawyer, Lord said to me, I told you you're not going to sue anybody. You're going to let it go. I came home. My wife says, no, so what are you going to do, my honey? I said, you know. I can't do anything. Because God said, let it go. It would have saved me the torment of going to courts and 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 for years chasing after something and not pursuing my destiny. Because a shepherd knows each one of you. Listen, a shepherd has a deep concern and care, not only for his sheep as a whole, but also for each and every single one. He mustn't only be your savior, he must become your shepherd. This is how God cares for us. He knows each of our comings and goings. He knows every hair on our heads. He knows even when one of us is lost and has made every provision to find us through his son, Jesus Christ. I need somebody to shout and say amen. So yes, let's end with this. What are the spiritual implications of becoming a sheep? Now, if the Lord is our shepherd, that makes us his sheep. And sheep... Did you know that they're the only ones that need, of all the animals of God, that needs a caretaker? Because he's the shepherd of your soul. Why would he have a church and give you a shepherd? Because you need somebody that you need to listen to and that you can follow an instruction. Because sheep are dumb. And everybody's looking at, smile. Just smile. 
Sheep are prone to wonder, entirely and always reliant on our shepherd, whether we realize it or not. Here's what we need to understand. We can't see God as shepherd if we don't see ourselves as sheep. You keep your independent stuff going. You know how to do life. You keep on wasting your time. You, God tells you to sow seed. You don't want to sow seed. God tells you to serve. God says, go to this church. You don't want to, no, you got an independent thought. There is no such thing. The devil's lying to you. When we open up our eyes to how much we really need and rely on God for everything, the more we realize His provision in our lives. Here's, here's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. What, what's the outcome in the Lord's your shepherd? No, say it louder. Say it louder. Say it again. Not we shall not want. The Holland family will not want. Come on. Put your surname in there. Put your name up to the Lord. Say the Lord is. Say it. The Lord is. Say the Lord is. And I shall not want. Come on, put your hands up. Say, I shall not want. I, God can lead me from one house to another. God can take me from one family to another. God can bless me personally. Someone's going to get a personal blessing from the Lord because the Lord is my shepherd. Not Pastor Max's shepherd, my shepherd. Come on, hit yourself. Come on, touch your breast. Come on, your, your chest. Put your chest and say, Lord, you are my shepherd. I need somebody to begin to, you, you're so believing that God can do everything for anybody else, but not for you. Today, God's putting His favor upon you, because when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Don't you have a relationship with your children to God? God's got no grandchildren, only children. Let them say, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't have to pray for you like that. You can pray for you like that. Relationally, peace, prosperity, purpose, resting times, physically in your body, mentally for your mind, your family. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it again, please. Not Pastor Max's shepherd. Not because I just served him. Not because I'm preaching. He was concerned about me not spending time in the courts and forgetting my purpose. Now I'm telling you there's days when I didn't want to go to court and the Lord said to me, you must go to court. There were certain sons that came up against us. And me, I just like, let's walk away from you because I just don't want to do anything. The Lord says, if you don't do this, they're coming after the church. They're going to mess with everything. I want you to go to court and go and stand there. And when I got to court on the, the day of the court, they never rocked up because the devil is that kind of tormentor. I never even fought the case. It was just handed over. You need to know when to fight. You need to know when to let go. But the Lord, if he's your shepherd, you will lack no good thing. Come on, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He puts in there, he restores my soul. Your broken soul, he will restore because he's your shepherd. 
He will bring, I don't care what your past relationships have been like. I don't care what gambling you got involved in. I don't care what addiction you got involved in. I don't care who you slept with. I don't care the kind of mess you got yourself in. Anytime you come back to Christ, He is your shepherd. And when He's the shepherd of your soul, He brings your life together. You're never going to beg anybody anymore. You're not going to go and lean upon other people anymore. You're not going to go gamble anymore. You're not going to go and sleep with anybody anymore. You're going to hold on to God and He is your shepherd. I need somebody to stand to their feet, clap their hands and say, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. Woo! Woo! There's an anointing here. Defender behind me. There's a fire in this place. There's an anointing. your hands in humility to the Lord. Surrender to the Lord. Philippians 4.11 I please want you to say this after me 
Say, I am content in the fact that the Holy Spirit cannot mismanage my life. The good shepherd cannot mismanage my life. Stop forcing your way. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Stop forcing your way in business. Stop forcing your way in certain directions. Stop demanding God to bless a path that God has not given. He leads you into paths of righteousness. For His name's sake. Stop making demands of when you want to get married. And if I'm not married by, by, by December the 31st, I'm not going to serve God. Go now. Leave now. You can't play the finite game with God. You can't come put demands on God. If this doesn't happen, by now, I'm not going to do. What life is that? He's the shepherd. He's leading me. And He's never going to stop leading me. And He's going to guide you. And He's going to bring you into the best. Because He knows where the pasture is. He knows how to get you to your destiny. He knows who your husband should be. He knows who your wife should be. He knows what you should study. Let Him be your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Today we're breaking the spirit of wickedness. There's a real strong sense of the, the fear of the Lord coming in this place. To break from that spirit of rebellion. The Bible says only the rebellious live in a parched land. Only the rebellious. Give me one more scripture to put up. I'm almost done. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. That says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is. For there is a way that seems good unto man, but in the end it's death. And walk in it. Then, come on, read with me. You will find what? Rest for your souls. Because obedience brings rest. When God, I stood up here, I was just saying, we're speaking about how many years it now, Pastor Brian, you got the car. Three years, four years, something. I don't know. We were leaving on holiday that night, and as we were worshiping up here, the Lord says, the, the car's no longer yours. My car's paid up. Just about paid it up. The Lord says, no longer your car, it's Brian's car. Give him the keys. In the middle of the service, I said, give my keys. Toss it to Brian. I said, Brian, the Lord says, this car's yours. Do you, want, do you know the kind of rest it brought to my soul? Because obedience brings rest. If I had kept that car one more day, I would have been a thief. Because I am a, a steward, and a, 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 a steward of God's blessing. I don't own it. And so anytime God says release it, if I don't, I'm a thief. Because it's not mine anymore. Your obedience brings rest. Stop disobeying God. It's not just about sin. It's about just when God tells you to go to a place. When God says, get up to pray. When God says, sow that seed. When God says, break from that relationship. 
When God says move, what's God trying to do? The shepherd is trying to give you rest for your soul. He's not trying to take your fun away. I, can't, I remember this man's face. I don't think he ever remembers me. But I had five years of torment. Other people came in there and they messed that house up. Until the Lord said, did you get the lesson? Let me give you a scripture. Hebrews chapter 8. 5 verse 8. Yeah, I know my time's up. But you need this word. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8. Though he was a son. Read with me. Though he was a son. Yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. The suffering of what I went through must give you lessons. It must teach you. It's, it's you learn. And you get, you, you find rest for your soul by being obedient. Some of you don't know how blessed you are, how anointed you are, how rich you are, but yet you're sitting and you're digging in some dirt bins because you're hanging out with the wrong people. Oh, pastor, I'm stressed with work. Whatever. Really, whatever. Now, please pray for me in my mess. No, come home. We, he didn't pray for the prodigal son to stay. Oh, 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 can you please go and give him a separate portion? Not, not like the pig's food. Just give him other. No, get home. So you can find rest for your soul. My time's up. Ancient paths here refer to timeless and eternal truths or principles in God. This is the platform from which God functions. We must ask for these things and obediently walk in them. In this way, rest comes to us. When I done what God called me to do, when I put the mic down today, I get into my house, I'm happy. I got rest because I gave you what God told me to give you. It's called rest. Many of you are restless because you're disobeying God in everything. You don't inquire from God for nothing. And it's creating a real problem in your home. You do what the Lord tells you to do, you'll find rest for your soul. It's time for the church to come into a new place of rest and follow after God. With every head bowed and eye closed, Father, I pray this morning that you will come and speak to every one of us. Father, rest was given when we received Jesus Christ. But today we're repenting. Hands are lifted everywhere. Just lift your hands. Because it's a sign of surrender that we have not gone and found rest. We've been so busy doing our own thing. We've not followed the good shepherd. But today we believe that there's an overlord. You are overlord. You are our Lord. You are our shepherd. And it's for the preservation of our souls. Restore our souls. Come and pray to the Lord. Out of your own mouth this morning. From your own lips this morning. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, forgive me for choosing my own way, for doing my own thing. It wasn't actually me. It was me following after Satan's plan. It was me going after what he said. But today I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I'm coming back to my father's house. I'm coming back to the place of where your thoughts, your mind, your word is my priority, my God. Because the Lord, you are my shepherd. Say amen this morning and amen to the Lord. I pray this morning that you will really, this word has blessed you and helped you, that you can come into your destiny for, for God and for his kingdom so that you can find rest for your soul in the name of Jesus. Well, it's time for offering. You may be seated for a minute. Maybe you just...
thank you for all your giving for every one of us, the sons and daughters across the globe. Please just be obedient to the Lord. Because chaos, confusion, and despair are signs of the enemy at work in your environment. One of the best ways to walk in obedience. Ask the Holy Spirit right now what you must give. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. I would normally sit in the service and say, Lord, tell me what I must give. Then I would say, ah, it's a thousand. Then the Lord said, no, it's 10,000. So how would I know if it's God or is it me? Check for the higher figure. God is such a generous God. And whatever a man sows, he reaps. It's the measure that you use. It's measured back to you. Final scriptures. Luke 12, 16. Then he spoke a parable saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So we said, I, I, not God, what do you want me to do with my increase? What must I do with this bonus? What must I do concerning your, what do you want me to do with what, what I have? Listen to what he says, I, I will do this. I, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. Because when God's not involved in your decision and your soul's all about you, you are a fool. Because a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then, to, then whose will those things be which you have provided? Please make your will out for king, to kingdom life, embassy, and for change. We will take all your goods. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You are a fool when God's not involved in your decisions. You are a fool when God doesn't become part of God. I got an increase. Let me put you first. You are a fool, the Bible says. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, and so forth and so on. May the Lord bless you in your giving. May the Lord continue to, may you, may you put God's center in all your decisions concerning your finances and watch God direct the rest of your life. Because wherever man's treasure is, that's where his heart is. The Lord bless you in your giving. My partners, our friends, our family across the globe, God bless you in your giving. We love you. We appreciate you. Well, let's stand this morning. Let's go rejoicing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause His face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord have His countenance upon you and give you His peace. May the good shepherd of your soul lead you and guide you every single step of the way. May the favor of the Lord rest upon you. May you experience the good shepherd. Listen, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Come on, say me. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God bless you. We love you, every one of you online. We know that we've gone over time, but I know that this has been a good meal. The Lord bless you and keep you. We love you, and we will see you online again. Amen and amen.